Welcome to Leaders and Legends of Online Learning, a podcast dedicated to the experts. Thank you for listening. Each episode, we'll be learning from the world's leading thinkers and practitioners in online learning and linking to ideas relevant to online teaching, working with online learners, and digital education. You can listen to the experts and check their profiles and link to some of their work on our website, www.onlinelearninglegends.com. I'm Mark Nichols, the interviewer in this episode. You'll meet Dr. Sanjaya Mishra in this episode. Sanjaya is Director Education with the Commonwealth of Learning. Following an extensive career in distance education, including time at the Indira Gandhi National Open University, Sanjaya has authored over 300 papers and has an extensive international experience. I'm talking with Dr. Sanjaya Mishra, Director Education with the Commonwealth of Learning. Sanjaya is a scholar in open distance and online learning with a broad range of expertise as evidenced by over 300 papers and work in over 30 countries. Sanjay, I'm looking forward to learning more about you and also the rich perspectives that you bring. So can we start with a brief overview of your career and publications? Thank you, Mark. It's a a pleasure to join you uh, in this uh, podcast uh, today. Now, I started as a trained library and information science researcher and um, destiny took me to get my first job as a teacher in the Indira Gandhi National Open University where I got fascinated with distance education a lot. Um, I started researching and learning about distance education there. Uh, My first work, uh, research work uh, uh, in those days was I applied bibliometrics techniques to review research trends. And that was way back in 1997. Uh, This field, as you might have seen, has grown uh, big in the edtech circle now. I also had I had training on television production, uh, but uh, soon realized that multimedia and the web uh, would have the greatest impact on education. Then I started developing multimedia skills for teachers, um, started promoting use of learning management system uh, to actually free teachers from the dependency on the programmers to offer web-based education in those days. And, um, and then started focusing on online learning way back in 1998. Since then, I have been developing courses, guiding, training teachers, uh, doing research, published uh, over 30 books and uh, reports, uh, and many uh, publications in peer-reviewed journals in uh, distance open online learning. There were a few changes in my career trajectory. Um, while I started uh, in Indira Gandhi National Open University in India, I served there for 17 years in different capacities. Uh, I was an uh, administrator or manager in one of their regional centers. I worked at the headquarter as a course developer, instructional designer, trainer for teachers in ODL, uh, where I, I was training a large number of uh, dual mode institution teachers. Um, on distance education in India and abroad. Uh, but in 2011, I moved to UNESCO uh, to lead their open access program, uh, where I also helped UNESCO to develop its policy on open access. And from there, I moved, moved to Calls Regional Center in Delhi, where we started focusing on use of open educational resources, uh, develop policies in the region, um, develop competencies of teachers to use and integrate open educational resources. 
in 2015 i moved to the call headquarters as education specialist e learning and only in the early 2022 i have taken the responsibility of the education sector at call so in brief uh, that's that's the trajectory of things that uh, that has happened in the past so there's a span there of some 29 years and of course during that time education has gone from being completely non internet uh to in some areas almost completely internet so you you've um you've traversed quite a bit in your distance education career so when online education first came about you mentioned learning management systems uh how how much of if things changed since those days do you think we're still learning management system dependent i think this the the trajectory of online learning changes uh i can categorize this into three distinct phases um in the phase 1 in the early 90s um when we we were working on online learning we were focusing largely on email and um, web based delivery option so we talking about a web based education some of us actually also uh, dabbled with development of learning management system for example uh, i actually developed a learning management system for a program that was offered at indira gandhi national open university but we soon realized we were doing from scratch and soon realized that that's not a manageable option and at some point of time during those days we also focused a lot on de- um, building teachers capacity to develop multimedia resources uh, those things never picked up due to the complexities of the tools in those times mm. the next phase came um, immediately afterwards uh, when the technology become much more easier what will i call a phase 2 in the early 2000 part of things when um, you know more and uh, the learning management system become robust and they become a game changer mm. when uh, no teacher become independent to develop their own um course materials without depending on programmer to offer education or develop a course uh, say they can record videos audios and create you know interactivity and everything on it within a learning management system and can track and manage things so some of those things become very important and uh, and particularly the Uh, read write feature and web 2 features so when this become easier teachers started adapting and ex- experimenting with technology more and more so that was what i saw as as phase 2 kind of starts that happened and uh, there is a phase 3 that i see as the in the second de- decade of the 21st um, century the, the massive emergence of uh, massive open online courses Mm-hmm. even though uh, the mooks uh, started as an idea in 2008 it was only in 2012 it it picked up so that is the another trend that started i will tell, uh, indicate that as a phase 3 of distance education to go digital um, uh, as such um, and and you know a very interesting thing that uh, in the distance education field we were fascinated with jim taylor's uh, five generations of distance education mm-hmm. and only recently we could really uh, not uh, talk about the fifth generation of distance education what jim told into 20 2001 or so which is intelligent flexible learning model he uh, used to talk about and uh, today those are more visible uh, with the use of uh, sophisticated uh, uh, artificial intelligence and learning analytics tools Uh, so it's 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 those kind of trajectories that we have seen uh, over the years um in the change of offering online learning 
Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a fascinating history. It does make you wonder what comes next as well, doesn't it? Yeah, I think what would be the next next step is something something interesting to think about and predict. But but what is more important is that you know in different parts of the world, and this is what makes my my work more interesting to me, is that the different generations of distance education will always be there in different parts of the world. And in sometimes in one society there will be different generations of distance education. So. the whole concept of distance and online learning is the most important thing and the technology is just a means to extend um, you know uh, pro- the opportunities of education to those who are deprived of education in the uh, going to conventional system um, in different ways and that becomes from the the generation 1 print based to the intelligent flexible or whatever it's going to come in future Yeah. so uh, it's it's a contextual thing but the whole principle philosophies of distance uh, education uh, remains core and that's not changing at all hmm. i've been looking forward to this next question sanjay you've mentioned you've got about 30 years worth of distance education experience over 300 papers and work in over 30 countries i'm just wondering if you can give some ideas and themes that your work has provided that you sense are still pertinent today i think what i have actually done over the period is to work on uh, problems that i faced uh, during the process of my work mm-hmm. okay uh, so my my research work are are always problem centric um, for example in the early days of my work i was focusing on uh, something like competencies of academic counselors Uh, issues related to design and development of learning materials yeah when i started looking at online learning i started looking into um, uh, the attitudes of teachers towards online learning uh, or e learning so uh, i looked at different types of work which as a problem and some of these work are still resonate with young scholars um, particularly uh, my work on uh, when i developed a scale for measuring attitude towards e learning that's still being replicated again and again by many uh, scholars ar- around the world mm. but then um, i moved on uh, to work with intergovernmental organizations and when i started looking at uh, open access uh, to scientific information or open educational resources or moocs or quality assurance yeah. so those things um, are more contemporary uh, in nature and uh, one of my recent work which is which i think is very critical um, uh, is about what makes open distance online learning successful uh, in any institutions to look at and we find that there are three important uh, uh, pieces of the things that uh, having policy capacity and technology these three things are critical for the success of open distance learning uh, if you have all the three then it it is it becomes effective if you have um, uh, one of the uh, these are two of these and one is not there you might be successful to a some extent but it's not going to be sustainable so that's what the kind of things that we we are looking at um, and uh, um, the most important part that uh, over the periods that i have focused on is um, the notion of uh, um, the distance education and uh, uh, online learning is only just a trajectory of that distance education or the facet of distance education 
and i have been trying to res- research and focus on that part of of uh, the developments of educational technology to promote access to education so and i keep repeating this thing of the definition of uh, the distance education given by uh, dismond kegan and i tell that uh, no that's the core of that uh, is the cha- change of nomenclature making the difference to our educational practices and and i i always try to come out with that answer is that no the core of distance education is remaining the same because just to give one example is that one of the characteristic of distance education as kegan said is that um use of technical media uh, distance education you use technical media for delivery of content and learning resources today that technical media is our online learning or mobile phones or uh, you use different uh, ways of doing through online learning so uh, so what is what is that you are doing in online learning is you are actually using a technical media to deliver so basically you are doing the uh, distance education whether you call it online learning or any any other name mm. and if you talk about the separation of teacher and learner uh is another as another criteria it again falls in the same dimension that whether it is synchronous or an asynchronous learning you talk about there is a separation and therefore you need to design your learning materials in such a way that you help uh, self learning to a large extent and help learners to learn better so just to give this two two example to emphasize a point but what it all what it all the technology has also done is to help us um you know increase Uh, the two way communication between uh, students and student and student and teacher um, that's another criteria of distance education so broadly my work uh, uh, has focused on emphasizing the true characteristic of distance education designing good learning materials providing good learner support building capacities of teachers and and of course uh, focusing on problems that um, no situation in the institutions uh, are the same so every institution anal uh, research has to look into what it means for their students their community uh, their context and their national and uh, context here is their own national context uh, so those were the kind of things that uh, i have been focusing on my research but uh, more in the recent past uh, my research on on open educational resources Mm, excellent. Actually, two two things resonate with me there. One is the the research you've done, the work that you've done, reflects the challenges that you're facing at any particular time. I think that that's a really effective way of doing research because it means it's immediately practical. Um, the, the the other is that uh, your online education practice and perspective is very much driven by uh, almost a classic distance education background. Uh, so that, that distance education heritage that you have, to what extent do you think that uh, influences the way in which you think about online learning? The Im- Im- important part is that um, distance education um, as a concept uh, has has spread across the world um, largely from the open university. Yeah. So we were all, at least I I was more influenced by the. uh philosophies um that really permeated um teaching and learning at distance starting from uh, borie hamburg to otto peters to dismond kegan um you uh, know and those were the uh, things uh, those were the people their philosophies uh, influenced uh, me as a 
uh, as a teacher in uh, distance learning. And we tried to contextualize some of those things in, in the way that we did work in India. But uh, the basic thing about distance learning, whether it is anywhere, is that uh, way uh, individuals learn and how do individuals learn as an adult and as a self-learner. So that remains the, the same anywhere around the world. But the cultural practices sometimes creates changes so a lot many places there we experimented with more practicals more face-to-face situations where student and teachers interact more and a later part of the development one in one of our programs that we were working we actually way back we experimented with a student creating learning materials which actually become popular later when the OER practices started. But uh, when we were uh, working on a program on resettlement and rehabilitation uh, as a a course, we saw the practitioners have more knowledge sometimes than some of the teachers. So the assignments they used to do and the project reports they will prepare will become resource materials for the next batch of the the students. So um, the openness in distance education practices it's something that uh, emerges from the field based on the experience that happens and the socio-cultural experience in applying uh, distance education as a Western model uh, has to be looked into. And um, we, we did some changes uh, based on those kind of stops uh, and uh, adapted this. But broadly, um, we are talking about learning and adult learning as such. So that's not changing a lot. Uh, uh, though to some extent the social sociocultural practices uh, make an impact uh, in the practices of uh, delivering distance education. Yeah. So Sanjay, I, I never thought I'd say this, but uh, we're almost at the end of the COVID pandemic, at least in New Zealand, and things seem to be opening up again. What are your observations about online learning and education at the present time as we approach the end of 2022? Uh, that's something I have been critical about ever since uh, the pandemic started, actually. Mm-hmm. And people started jumping into uh, using on distance and online learning. And um, while it was necessary to offer distance and online learning um, at that time, but it's not the right way to do things. So what has happened in the process that everybody jumped into distance and online learning without understanding what it is. Yeah, And they started talking about emergency remote teaching and all new terminologies started uh, popping up every day. But what is critical about those things that were never thought about? Distance and online learning, basic thing is that planning is the most important part in distance and online learning. Mm. You plan well, you prepare well, and you deliver. Yeah. Delivery delivery becomes much easier when we have a strong plan and you have developed learning materials based on the needs of the learners. So those things were never thought out and overnight jumping into distance and online, uh, many people will say, no, it was a transition. It, uh, many people adopted it. Yes, many people were forced to adopt it. But we forgot the basic tenets of social justice and equity, which is, which is the most important part of distance education. Mm-hmm. Uh, many people uh, had uh, no access to technology during that time and s- many of them also had no appropriate bandwidth to access online courses and resources yeah. and th- therefore what happened we actually created more divides uh, in, in the education system by pushing on distance and on- online learning 
So the next important thing is that while being a strong advocate of distance and online learning, it it really it should have really opened the eyes of the policymakers and the teachers in the conventional system to understand that the current way of brick and mortar institutions are not sufficiently prepared to handle exigencies and emergency situation and there are lot more benefits of distance education mm. that that should have been the understanding but it is not no and i predicted in the very beginning as what i called it's a banded effect mm. so when when there is a challenge we have, we we get get some wound we will put a bandaid and once the uh, wound is uh, over we'll just take the bandaid out yeah. so what has happened uh, with the online learning adoption is that people are now coming back to normal uh, business as usual there is no change in um, you know real adoption of distance and online learning in many parts of the world i would not be specific on that but broadly you will see that in many parts of the world the business as usual returns distance and online learning remains a rhetoric to talk about that oh well this is the this is good in the time of emergency it helped but whether it really helped or not and how much it has helped uh, is not really known to us in in true sense Mm. So online learning at the moment then is almost going through a recovery phase from emergency remote teaching. Yeah, um well, we're trying to make the difference and telling that okay what do you did as an emergency you didn't do the online learning thing as such. So the you need to make a transition real transition there is a need to understand online learning. Uh, there are few principles there are few uh, ways of delivering digital distance education you know designing learning materials in advance preparing the students uh, how uh, learning how to learn all those things need to be done uh, in order to help the students to benefit from uh, online learning or or the distance education so i think some institutions have realized and they are trying to make changes but by and large i do not see um things happening that more and more people are going to adopt um systematic distance on online learning i will use the word mm. systematic here they will, they will continue to do what they are doing because they will think that the use of video conferencing tool is distance learning so some of those kind of uh, of uh, misnomer and uh, understatement of what distance education in online learning is getting pervasive around the world and 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 that that's becoming danger people say that oh we are doing distance learning mm. but mm. they are not doing distance learning at all yeah so sanjay imagine you you had the perfect research paper appear in your inbox uh, the paper that addressed the question that you'd most like answered what would it be about uh, what's the research you'd most like to see in our field at the moment i think this is the most difficult thing to tell um, because from my personal perspective uh, in in distance and online learning as i said research uh, should be a uh, contextual and research should be problem centered action oriented research what institutions need is that uh, this is the problem we have in our institution and this is the way we we handle this this is the theoretical uh, underpinning behind this problem this is the actual problem that we faced and this is how we tackled this problem this is how we solved this problem um so it's difficult to say what should be done because of that um but it is easier to say what should not be done 
so uh, I would say that research in distance and online learning is uh, still more descriptive in nature. Mm. I was doing a research um, based on this uh, growth sprout of research in during the pandemic days. The, you know, a uh, lot of articles started getting published in online learning during the period. So that made me to think, let me do a research on uh, the what are the different types of research trends. Um, and it is got published in the Australian journal, the Distance Education, Odla's journal. Yep. Interesting to me that uh, the researches that were published were more descriptive. So people were uh, uh, not talking only about what they did, even though it was peer-reviewed journal published in peer-reviewed journals, but more descriptive research, which was happening 30 years back also. So we must move beyond descriptive research to think about um, research um, that focuses on causal relationship. Many times research uh, in the field are still uh, in the realm of uh, uh, do media influence uh, learning kind of thing. Is, is, is my student learning or not about something or the other thing? So without looking into the causal uh, effect or we are, without looking into the experimental uh, doing experimental research on things. So these are the things that are most needed currently. But more important um, that research uh, needs to be more contextual, problem-based, uh, problem-centered or action-oriented for institution. Of course, there is always always scope from those those kind of research to generalize, uh, to, to broaden our understanding of the field of research. No, mm. for any research has to be practical as well as also to extend the frontiers of knowledge. If the if our knowledge is not extended, it's not research as such. So I I think I would be looking towards research which is like that. As a peer reviewer of many many research journals, one of the thing I look at that is it contributing uh, any new knowledge uh, to help. Um, better understand anything even if it's it's just a small piece of nuggets of knowledge uh, coming out of 30 pages of research it's still useful but if it is repeating the same thing and and again and again just doing a literature review uh, it's not helping a lot uh, having said that i would say that um, uh, no uh, meta analysis for uh, of research is extremely important yeah so Sanjay, you've had a very, very long and extensive career in distance education and online learning, and no doubt there are plenty who have influenced your perspective. So two people you'd recommend as leaders or legends of online learning, uh, one whose work or perspective is significantly influencing you now, and one who you think otherwise might have an important perspective to share. Yeah, it's it's very difficult to tell, um, but um, I think I, without uh, uh, being um, disrespectful to many others, um, and I have seen several people um, which whom name whose name I would have taken have already been uh, interviewed by you on a, on your podcast series. Um, so I would like to highlight um, three names, uh, if you allow me. Absolutely, whose work I think are important. In, in the field of distance education now and sometime in the past also. So one of the person I would recommend is um, uh, is Professor Kurt Bank at Indiana University. Mm. has has uh, extensive work in the field of online learning and open education. Mm. Um, yeah. The 
second one i would recommend is a professor martha cleveland ines in from athabasca university with whom i have recently worked extensively on offering uh, several moocs um, in technology enabled learning blended learning and others um, and and the third but not uh, least i think this is an important person um, from europe um, is uh, morten polsen Mm, uh, who is mm. who is currently the ceo of nordic uh, open online academy uh, he has been a veteran in the field of distance education as and, and particularly online learning in the 90s we, uh, and he some of his work i uh, started looking at when we i, I was um, entering the field uh, of online learning so i think i think these are some of the names i would like to uh, suggest at this stage but um, i i am fascinated by all the podcast that you have done with several people um, they are great leaders and i have learned from most of them i would have taken some their name but i tried to see well, what what new name what new names i can take yeah and you picked three very good ones as well thank you yeah um so- Sanjay, it's been a privilege talking with you. I've learned a lot from you as well uh, in, in your own work through the Commonwealth of Learning. Um, I really appreciate the perspective you bring from 30 years in distance education and your work uh, in Indira Gandhi National Open University. Thank you so much for being a leader and legend of online learning. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for, for giving me this opportunity to, to speak to you and share some of my perspective. It has been a pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure for me too. Thank you, Sanjay. You can learn more about Sanjay and his work from our website. That concludes this episode. Be sure to go to our website, www.onlinelearninglegends.com to follow up on this episode's guest. You'll also find links to others whose ideas continue to inspire and teach online learning professionals, and you can subscribe to future interviews. If you know of a leader or legend we've not yet talked to, please do drop us a line at onlinelearninglegends at gmail.com.